I, have, uh, I just have this gut feeling you're going to be really glad you're here today. Um, we have got just a bunch of fun stuff planned because we're talking about our values here at K2 The Church. We have 10 values, and we've been going through all of them, and we're titling the series, Imagine If We All Experience These Values. And our value today is we value the fun of enjoying God and each other along the way. Um, have any of you actually seen that clip on YouTube, uh, that thing? It's, it's hilarious. If you want to watch it on YouTube, it's really funny. And what's cool is that gal who does it on YouTube, when I found it, she's a Christian comedian. And, um, and so I think sometimes the whole idea of putting Christian and comedian together uh, seems like an antithesis, you know, for people. And because we often believe that the whole pursuit of God and should be serious and should be intense. And if you've been around me very long, you know it can be very serious and very intense. But at the same time, I know that God wants us just to enjoy stuff. And it was so cool, man. Right from the very beginning, just turning around. And while they were singing those songs, almost everybody just had smiles on their faces. And that's cool. That's really cool. And then she starts singing. All the laughter starts happening. And, um, and I know for me, um, there was a big fear, I think, of becoming a Christian. Because you kind of feel like if I have to give my life completely to Christ, I may have to lose what I think is really fun and what is really great about being alive and being human and have to get intensely serious. And so, um, but I don't think it's that way. I remember as a dad, um, when we first moved here, my kids were, um, man, they were only two and six months. And by the time Christmas came around, you know, they were like three and one. And so they were, you know, getting to the point where I thought Christmas was going to be awesome. And so I'd build all these presents. And our kids used to get up incredibly early, just drive me nuts. Um, no matter if I, I'd try to spend my time with God early in the morning and my kids would get up and I'd have to keep up getting earlier and earlier. So it gets Christmas morning, Susie and I, man, we've wrapped all our presents. We've sat them all around the tree. And then that morning I wake up really early and I sit there in the chair and it was the only day, I'm not lying, it was the only day they slept in. It was Christmas morning. I'm like, it's Christmas morning for crying out loud. You're supposed to be out here and all excited. And then when they came out, they just kind of sat around. I mean, they did... They weren't excited. I'm like showing them their presents. They opened half of them. What kid opens half their presents? They were done opening them. They didn't even open the last present. And I remember as a dad, I just sat there and I'm like, man, I was so looking forward to this awesome, really fun, exciting day. And my kids kind of let me down, to be honest with you, on Christmas. And I thought, I wonder how often God feels that way. I wonder how often God is up there saying, man, I have so much for you to enjoy. I want you to love this life. I give things as we're going to look at for your enjoyment. And I think lots of times we just kind of don't include God in that part of our life. We feel like that's not the spiritual part. And, uh, and I just want to tell you, I think it is. And that's what we're going to look at today. Why we think as a Christian, it should be something we do is just laugh and enjoy life. And it's why we value here at K2. So, uh, to keep this kind of going, uh, we also going to have a few videos here within the message. Uh, this next one we're going to show you is a guy named Tim Hawkins, and he's another Christian comedian, and he's just put out a new v- DVD, and we watched some of his stuff and just thought, you know, we, we've got to watch this together. So, let's enjoy this. There's a lot of new stuff in church, man. There's a lot of hand sanitizer in church. Anybody notice that? I don't know. At my church, they have these two hand sanitizer stations right by the front door greeters. That is not a good message. (laughs) People come in on Sunday. How you doing? Nice to see you all. It's good to see you. Thanks for coming. You're going to love it here. We just love people. You can just be yourself. You can just be yourself. We don't care. We don't judge you. We just love. 
You sit back, and whatever questions you have, you let us know. We'll let you know whatever we can do for you, okay? Y'all newly married? You got four kids? Four kids. That is amazing. God, (laughs) we love kids here. Kids are like a little gift from God is what they are. They are just wonderful little creatures that God gives us. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where y'all from? Arkansas? Okay. some mints in the basket. Grab a handful, you circus freaks. Go ahead. I do. I love being a believer. I love the Bible. The Bible is a book that we, it's just, it's just awesome. It's just intense, you know? And uh, for just so many of us try to take the Bible and we, we try to put it in a nice little family-friendly package with a bow. Here, kitties. Run off now. Come on, man. There's some beautiful stuff in the Bible. There's some stuff in there you got to admit. It's not what we can call family-friendly. Think about it. There's a reason you don't see some of those illustrations in the Precious Moments Bible. You don't see Cain and Abel in the Precious Moments. The uh, in that precious. So I got never understand parents who will paint Noah's Ark on their kids' little kids' bedroom walls. It doesn't make sense. Noah's Ark's a great story, but it's just out there, man. Like, Daddy, what are you doing? I'm painting Noah's Ark on your wall, sweetheart. My favorite story. You know where God sends a worldwide flood to kill every living thing? Yeah. I love it. It's awesome. Hey, g- get, grab a brush and paint some screaming people on that rock for me just to make it real. It's going to be great. Look in the baby's room. I painted the stoning of Stephen. You're going to love that. Those birds? No, those are locusts coming to kill you. That's what they a lot of people get freaked out at church. I don't. I love doing comedy in churches, man. I do comedy for all kinds of denominations, you know, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, <laughs> Lutheran, non-denominational, non-denominational. They don't know what they are. Non-denominational. You're not fooling anybody. This means you're a Baptist church with a cool website. That's all that means right there. That's all that means. That's all it is. <laughs> non-denominational. Probably have a cool Christian coffee house that you're non-denominational. <laughs> the name like Holy Grounds. <laughs> Jehovah Java. <laughs> Hebrews. Seriously, folks, if you can't laugh at yourself, come on. <laughs> laugh at other people. That's what I say, seriously. That's in the Bible. Look it up. That's in the Scriptures. That's in the Message Bible. <laughs> well, I love that Message Bible. That is a laid-back Bible, isn't it? I thought the Living Bible was laid-back. That Message Bible is like, what is this? The recipe for Rice Krispie Treats. What is The part of Joseph is being played by Johnny Depp. This is awesome. And Jesus changes the water into wine coolers. That is amazing. Because that speaks to me. That's where I am. 
and the bottle turns blue and it's cold enough to drink. I love the Memphis Bible. I love it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Y'all just want to watch that DVD all morning? Oh man. I can't, I've got it in my box at the office. That's what we're going to do at our small group tonight actually is watch that. Oh man. But you guys, like, uh, every church, you, you know, you've, I'm sure you guys have been to many different churches, and, and every church is completely different. And I think that's actually part of the beauty of, of Jesus and how he made us. Uh, because you're different, I'm different, we're all different. When different groups of people get together, churches should be different. We should have this unique expression of who we are. And so um, that's one of the cool things, I've got to be honest with you, about being able to plant a church. See, because when you plant a church, you get to start from ground zero. And you get to establish the kind of church you're going to be. This is what we're going to be about. And uh, so that's what we've been sharing with you is kind of the heart and soul of what we wanted to be about. So a few things we just hit. I'll just list them off real quick in case you haven't been here. We first and foremost, more than anything else, we value receiving here. We value receiving because God is a God who just gives and gives and gives. And actually, the real, true experience of knowing God always is a response. It's always a response to him loving you. We love because he first loved us. So at K2, one of the things we try to do all the time is, is provide as many opportunities as we can for you to be a sponge and to get in all the goodness of God. And then we value becoming. We, we believe that God, it's one of the coolest things, I'm going to get to it later in the message, that we really believe that God's in this process of helping human beings become who they're created to be, that we should never be static in our experience and in our character and in our love for God and love for others. We value following him. It's the adventure of following. We value connecting, which we just talked about last week. We value partnering with God because God's love out there lovering, loving, lovering. He's lovering the world, and, uh, and we are too. But we value joining him in what he's doing to spread his love and his truth into the world. Because he gives, we value giving too. We value being, that was why, kind of what I, being the unique expression that God created you to be. And one of our desires here is that every single one of you would discover who it is that God made you to be. Because when you start to discover that, you find your life in that unique expression that you are to the rest of the world. We really value that. We value sacrificing and multiplying, which are the other two we haven't looked at. We're going to look at those in the next two weeks. And, but today, we value enjoying now, and I'm just going to be honest with you, um, I, again, every church is different, but this is really important to me, um, just as a, as a lead guy. Um, I, I just know this, if I didn't have Jesus Christ in my life, okay, I, I don't know if you guys are followers of Christ or if you're not, but for me, if I stop and I think, okay, if Christ had never tapped on the door of my heart and said, hey, Dave, I want to come in, man, I, I would be a pleasure hound, <laughs> I just, I love fun. I love it with all my heart. And actually, there's a big part of that which I think is good. I, I learned how important it was when Susie and I were engaged, okay? Now, you guys remember being engaged? Like, when you're engaged, everything's, like, so cool. Everything's all together. You're all excited. You know, you haven't got married yet. It's really good. And so, you're enjoying everything. I'm just kidding. Come on. You guys know how I feel. You know how I feel about my wife. But I'm serious, but we all know, I just did a wedding last night, and I, you, every married couple, usually, so I, it's amazing to me how many premarital things I'll do, and people have never thought about the reality of marriage, okay? But when you're engaged, it's just everything's so good. And I remember all of a sudden, in the midst of being engaged, and everything being so good, 
I was like really down. And I was just, I almost felt depressed and really heavy. And, and I'm looking at my life and I'm, there was no reason to feel that way. So Susan and I were out just driving around and I just got this idea. And I, I saw there, we pulled up on the street and we were coming down, there was a Walmart there. So I pulled into the Walmart and I went in and I grabbed a Frisbee, bought a Frisbee, and we went and we played Frisbee in the parking lot. Right there, right then. Just started playing Frisbee, just had a blast, got done with that, went down another block and there was a bowling alley and I just pulled in the bowling alley. We went in, we bowled a game, it was awesome, just laughed at each other, came back in, drove down another block and there was a movie theater. And I said, hey, let's go watch a movie. And you guys, after Frisbee in the parking lot, a game of bowling and a movie, I was good. And I learned something that day. I got to have fun. <laughs> There's something inside of me that says, this is just a huge part of my life. I can be doing everything that God wants me to do. Now, listen, I don't know. That might not be your case at all. Because I've, I've met people where really, it's not as important. It just is to me. And, and, and when I looked at everything I'm going to share with you today, we realized I think it's important to God. And here's why. Because life is hard. Anybody want to admit? Life is hard. Jesus said it. In this world, you're going to have trouble. There is so much heaviness, so much pain, so much despair, so many questions. For me, so much responsibility. I, I just remember that. That was one of the hardest things about growing up. I, I call it the R word. It was like, I hate this. The weight of responsibility. And all this stuff happens to us. And then, the worst, maybe one of the worst things, is then we take ourselves way too seriously. Anybody else? I just, I take myself way too seriously. And then I get intense. And next thing you know, I'm not that great to be around. And I can't even think about my kids and my wife or whatever because I got just so much to do and life is hard, all this kind of stuff. And I think God wants to come in and say, okay, it's true. Ecclesiastes, you guys, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4 says, and and you probably heard this, it's kind of very poetic, but says there's a time for everything. In a season for every activity under heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to uproot. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. There's a time to tear down and a time to build. And there's a time to weep and there's a time to laugh. And there's a time to mourn and there's a time to dance. And I just want to tell you, I think that one of the mistakes personally for me is that when the church has come together and said, okay, we're going to get in God's presence, we've said this is the time only, only for seriousness, only for instruction, only. I mean, it's like, and I think most of us grew up in a sense where when we gather together to be around God, everybody gets solemn. And there's part of me that goes, wait a second, God is the giver of everything that's good, and he's full of joy. Everything I'm going to look at here today, why is it wrong that when we gather together, we laugh? I mean, do you guys think that's unspiritual? To laugh, to smile, and to enjoy God. And we just say here, no. We actually think it's a big part of what God has for it. So I just want to tell you, first and foremost, more than anything else in the world, give my whole life to this is I want you to know God, man. I want you to know him. I want you to know Jesus Christ and the beauty of all that he is. And I want your life to be consumed with him because he's the giver of life. I want you to follow him with every fiber of your being. I want your life to be everything he created it to be, more than anything else in the world.
The second thing we want here, we call that, that we call being focused. The second thing we want here is we want to figure out how to love each other. We don't want any lonely person. We want to make sure that everybody here is connected and relationally bound together because this is what makes humanity the best is when we're together and when, not when we're separate from each other. And then the third thing we want, which we call out there, is we want our lives to matter. I want you to know him. I want you to connect with each other. And I want this to be a church that gets outside these walls and takes the goodness of God all over the place, into our homes, into our workplaces, into our neighborhoods, where every, certain, every person that's alive needs to know how good God is. That's what I really want. But I just want to tell you, the other thing I want is I want to have a good time doing it along the way. Anybody else? Okay. So that's what we're here for. And so just to have fun, here's our second video to show during the message uh, before I kind of dive into the real teaching part. And that is uh, here at, Ken's, at K2, we've had uh, some, a lot of fun. And we just went through our archives and pulled out some old videos of some things that we've done here that have just helped us to enjoy the process along the way. Okay, so let's watch these together. <laughs> Good morning. Morning. And thank you for joining us for this mandatory exploration of church history. That's right. I'm Mr. Marty Culp. And I'm Mrs. Bobby Mohan Culp. Today you're in for a special treat as we drop a little knowledge on a topic we all just can't get enough of, church history. Right. We've got the 411 on the past 2,000 years. And just so you know, we're not pastors in the traditional sense. No, no we're not. But we are Ministers of Funk. Word. We're out in the streets today. We're uh, trying to get Ken a date. Woo! Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Awesome! There's a back row lover who's always undercover because he doesn't even know how to pray. This program has it all. It's got all the technical goods. It's got fantastic choreography, musicality, personality. Enjoying your day. Everything's going your way. When the long comes dead, you got to so my favorite part of this reunion has got to be seeing that you two lovebirds are still together and happy. Must be nice. <laughs> Romance for me is just another Friday night cleaning out the kitty litter box. Nuking a hot pocket and going back in time with Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. People say every time, they're always asking me, beauty, it's only skin deep. And I say, well, yeah. I mean, like, you got a great point. Jesus, if he was alive, would he, would he get his hair highlighted? Would he go tanning? And I say, well, sure. He was the light of the world, the son of God. If you're going to hang out with the sun, you're going to get a little bit of a glow. Hey, honey, have you gained some weight in your rear end? The dress you're wearing reminds me of my old girlfriend. And where'd you get those shoes? I think they're pretty lame. Could you stop talking? Because I'm trying to watch the game. If you're a man who wants to live a long and happy life, these are things you don't say to your wife. What time should me and my mom come and pick you up? Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Oh, what? 
What? You're going to bring your mom on a date. Well, she drives, dude. <sighs> okay. Shoot! I was so close. Whether you're Methodist, Baptist, or Presbyterian, we're all under the same church umbrella. Now it's raining more than ever, so that we still have each other. You can stand under my umbrella. You can stand under my umbrella. Hella, hella, hey, hey, hey. The prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. Wow. I've been here since the beginning, so. <laughs> a little bit longer than the two of you, so. I was actually part of the original 45, so. I moved here first before Dave Nelson, so. Come on, there's, there's a whole suburban full of Park City babes down here, too. Let, come on, let's go. No, no, what? Muchacho, no! We gotta go. Run! Let's get out of here. Run! Hey, can you move your hand down? No, seriously, just move it down. Oh, that's so much better. Thank you. You sex a thing, sex a thing, you. I believe in miracles. All right, you guys. Well, here you go. Here's the definition of fun. It's a source of enjoyment, amusement, or pleasure. That's what fun is. Fun is a source of enjoyment, amusement, or pleasure. In 1 Timothy 6, 17, it says this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Psalm 16, 11 says... You've made known to me the path of life, and you will fill me with joy to, in your presence and with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So here you go, right there. The Bible's telling us, listen, you guys, don't get caught up in stuff of the, like, well, it initially just says, don't put your hope in money, but instead put your hope in God. Why? Because God is the one who wants to richly provide you with everything for your enjoyment. And then he's going to show us the path of life. And when he does, there's going to be joy in his presence with eternal pleasures at his right hand. And the right hand of God is the hand who gives us everything that he wants to give. So, follow this with me. If fun is the source of enjoyment, amusement, and pleasure, and God is the one who gives everything for our enjoyment and has pleasures to give us at his right hand, then ultimately, you know what that means? God is fun! (laughs) I mean, seriously, by the very definition of what fun is, the source of enjoyment, the source of pleasure, and here's God saying, I want to give you everything for you to enjoy, and I have pleasures at my right hand. God is fun. Now, is God holy? Is he righteous? Is he wrathful? Yeah, he is. Is he fun? Okay, see, so this is part of the deal. See, Part of the thing you got to do with God is you can't just get caught up in just the few things that you think that he is. you got to take a look at the whole picture. And I just love the fact that by the very definition, God is fun. 
So, and, I, and let's just think about this for a second. Is he really? Is he fun? And how is he a source of enjoyment and pleasure? So I stop and I just think about what it means to be human. And let's think about our five senses. The fact that when God created us, he gave us these five senses. So look, let's look at all five of them. Our sight. Our sight. You guys, how many times have you been around God's creation and literally just stopped and been in awe? How many of you guys have stopped and just been in awe and enjoyed his creation? I mean, the beauty that sight gives us and the color, the gift of color and all of that, there's some times where what you see is just absolutely enjoyable. He made things beautiful and we get to see them. And then we have smell, which is awesome. I I tell you, one of the greatest memories for me as a kid is when I'd be laying in bed early in the morning and before they'd like yell at me to have to get up, right, they'd cook breakfast. Is there any greater smell than breakfast? I mean, that smell of the bacon and the eggs and the pan, it's just, oh my gosh, you smell that. And it just, you know, I mean, you've seen the cartoons, right, where there's a little thing that comes and it tickles the guy's nose and he just follows it because smell is so pleasurable. The other big one for smell for me is standing in the middle of a forest, especially if there's evergreens and it's just rained. Oh, and you just sit there and you, you just take it in and you just go, it's just good, this gift that he's given us of smell. And then... There's taste. And don't even get me started on that one. (laughs) Because I often just think about that. Now, why does food have to taste so good? What's the reason behind that? I think God just said, because I want you to like it. I want you to enjoy it. And there's pleasure in that. And then hearing. Hearing and music and the beautiful things that we get with sound. I remember as a single guy, music was like my roommate. I used to literally, I would walk in the room and the first thing I did is I went right over the stereo and I just turned it on. And there are times where I've just sat for hours and just let music just minister. And what's wild is the pleasure and the deep pleasure, I think, that music gets to. It actually gets to your soul. So we have this ability to hear things. And then we have the sense of touch. I mean, the sense of touch, which if you've been around here very all, you you guys know, right, that touch is like not my love language, okay? Anybody, like that's Susie's love language. You know, when we first met and she's kind of doing this on my arm, I'm like, oh, jeez. You know, just, I mean, seriously, like for me to love my wife was to let her do that. It's like, okay. Try to put on a happy face, you know. And, um, hey, but give me a back rub and I'm all over that, right? So a back rub is, is amazing. The minute, I mean, you go to a, you know, a spa and you get a professional massage and it's just one of the greatest things in the world. And I know people say that sometimes I say this too much, but I'm sorry, sex is incredible. And that is an amazing gift from God. Now, when you take, hey, thank you. Somebody agrees with me. I know the rest of you are thinking that, but just uh, thanks for somebody expressing your joy with me. But I, so just stop. And can you imagine if God just said, you know, hey, I'm going to, man, I just want to get this world, you know, fill everybody up with stuff and, and didn't give us these five senses? Every one of those senses brings pleasure. It brings pleasure. It's pleasing. And I think it's one of the ways that we can look and say, you know what? God is a God who gives us enjoyment, and he wants us to be pleasure. Now, the other, how is a God a source of enjoyment and pleasure? And we've already experienced today, and that's laughter. I mean, laughter is an unbelievable gift that we just experience. I mean, my, fav- my kid's favorite show, and I'll have to admit, I get into it too, America's Funniest Videos. 
I mean, is it, I mean, they're so stupid, and we just sit there, and we just laugh every time. You know why? Because normally what you're doing is you're laughing at human nature. <laughs> I mean, we are really funny people when we don't want to be. I mean, that's, that's when it's best, the hidden, surprising stuff. But, man, you just have to, and I love what, uh, what Tim Hawkins said. Man, we just got to laugh at each other. And then if you don't, laugh at others. It's pretty good. Um, and laughing is contagious. Um, that's why we started off the service, if you were here at the very beginning. Just showing this. I think it's a little hilarious that on, on uh, Skype there's been this deal where people just laugh. And then how many of you have known that laughing is just contagious? I was driving down the road years ago, and there was some talk radio show on. And literally, the guy who was doing the show, he just started laughing. And it was really weird at first. You know, and I'm sitting there like, this is weird. And he wouldn't stop. And he just kept laughing. And I, you know what happened? 30 mi- I think it probably took him about 30 seconds. I must have been having a downer day or something. 30 seconds later, I'm, I'm laughing. And next thing you know, I'm totally driving down the road, and I'm cracking up. There is something so contagious about laughter. Proverbs in the Bible, Proverbs 17, 22 says this. A cheerful heart is good medicine. See, you guys all thought that was Reader Digest, didn't you? You thought Reader's Digest came up with that one, that laughter is the best medicine. It's right here in the scripture. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So you guys can check this out. It's hilarious. When you Google, people are finding out now scientifically, right, that laughter literally is medicine to our bodies. Here's a few things it does. It relaxes your whole body. When you laugh gutturally, when you laugh really hard, it relaxes all of your muscles for at least 45 minutes, they're saying. For 45 minutes, you will just be relaxed. And so what it's doing is it's getting, it's helping to relieve tension and stress just by laughing. Certain people who are, who are counselors are actually using laughter within their therapy to, because they know that it helps release that. It boosts your immune system. It actually decreases stress hormones, increases immune cells, and infection-fighting antibiotics. Isn't that amazing? It triggers the release of endorphins, which are the feel-good chemicals, and it can actually temporarily relieve pain. Laughter can do that. It improves the function of blood vessels, and it increases blood flow, and they're finding out that laughter is actually good for your heart. Now, is that not awesome? See, so I just, when I look at that and we just go, but man, when we're not, when we're, when we're with God, we shouldn't laugh because when we laugh, we actually get healed. I mean, there's something that happens to our physical bodies. Now, I'll never forget when I was a sophomore, though, I had my appendix out. Anybody else have your appendix out? I mean, I had that, and I remember that day, I was a sophomore in high school, I'm laying there in bed, just all, you know, sewn up. That's when they still had staples, you know, and you know, all that. And I'm laying in bed and two of my buddies came in to the bedroom and there wasn't anybody in the bed next to me. And oh my gosh, that is when laughter is not good medicine. And I mean, seriously, they got on that bed and they were hitting all the levers and the buttons and the bed was going up and stroll, you know, and I'm just, oh, stop, stop, because it was killing me. But you can't help it. Laughter is actually a good thing. Now, I won't get into this too, but there's lists of ways as well that just by laughing, it helps your emotional state. You guys know that, don't you? I mean, it's amazing. There are times where you just... You just laugh till you cry, and it doesn't matter what's going on with your life. You just feel better. And what's interesting is it also helps your social status. When we laugh, you guys, it's attractive. It's something that draws people in with us. It helps to take intense conflicts and just break those down. Laughter all over the place is just a beautiful thing. And I think it's another way that God is such a source of our enjoyment. 
I, I just got a list. I got so many other things, but I was thinking about imagination. Imagination is an amazing gift from God. And I just, I'm a dreamer, and, I, and I'm sure, I know all of you are in some way. And it's amazing that no matter what your state is right now, no matter what you're going through in life, that God has given this ability to imagine something better, to dream about what it could be. And man, when you sit in that state and it creates hope, it's all of a sudden you can completely start to feel better internally because you've been given the gift to imagine what it could be. And I tell you, I think the scripture, even last week if you were here at the service when Rut ended at the end, do you believe that your best days are ahead of you? See, that's what God does. He always promises that our best days are ahead of us. So he gives us the ability to imagine, and that's a beautiful thing. And then there's just the whole idea of feeling fulfillment and purpose in life, which God says, I have a purpose for you, and I want to fulfill you. And then, and then the fact that we get to be productive. That is so, I mean, when you do something, and you create something, and all of a sudden you put it together, and you look at that, it's just, it just brings so much fulfillment and satisfaction. And God created us to be able to do that. Let me give three more deeper things about how I think God is a source of enjoyment and satisfaction and pleasure. And one of them is transformation. We love things that are new. We love it when things are new. It was so funny, Susan and I, just a few days ago, we were in our back room, and we were starting to figure out how we might move our furniture around, right? And our kids were like, oh, that'll be so fun. I want to move the furniture in my room. And I sat there, and I thought, oh, my gosh. When I had my own bedroom as a kid, I changed the furniture in my room probably about every three months. Because when it was new, it didn't it feel better? Doesn't new stuff, how many of you guys, new stuff makes you feel better? Okay, it just does, man. You're down, what do you do? I gotta go buy something. I, I just, you know, dude, if I just get something new, I'll feel better. You know, it's, it's crazy. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's a new outfit for some of you. Sometimes it gets intense, you gotta get a new car. You know, I mean, when you get a new home, I mean, when you get anything new, it's unbelievable. And here's what God says. Well, you know what I'm about? I actually make your heart new. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. See, God actually takes the very heart and soul of who you are at the core of your being, and he says, I'm going to make that new. And I'm telling you, that so blows out of the water, even a home or a car or definitely an outfit, when all of a sudden your heart is brand new. And he says, I'm going to keep making you new. I'm going to transform you with an ever-increasing, ever-increasing glory. So that's what God is. And I, I just, when I think about that, I'm like, that's why no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm going through, no matter how much I look in the mirror and I get frustrated with who I am or I look at my life around me, I just know this, that God is committed to say, David, whoever you are right now, I'm in the business of making you more like me. So the next year you'll look in the mirror and hopefully you're completely changing into the fullness of who I made you to be. And you know what's so cool? In that same verse, it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom. Man, you guys, you want to enjoy something. Be bound. Be a slave to something. Have something actually run your life, rule your life, and then eventually be free. <laughs> I mean, I, seriously, can you watch a movie 
whether it's during the Holocaust or whenever, when people have been bound in slavery of any sort, and then all of a sudden they're free. Don't you? I mean, I'm, I, my tears well up in my eyes, and, and they roll down my face because we celebrate with them. And here's God, and he says, listen, man, what Jesus Christ came to do is if you hold on to my teachings, you're going to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I mean, this is, when God says, I want to bring you enjoyment, and when he says, I want to bring you pleasure, and when I want to satisfy you, see, he is, he's going to the depths. Yes, I think it's cool that he gave us our senses, and that's awesome, and imagination, and laughter. I think that's all from God, almost to kind of just say, you guys get what I'm like? You get this? You see how good I am? Okay, now watch. Now let me get to the deep heart, soul, core of who you are, and let me set you free. Let me change you and make you new. And then the ultimate one, you guys, is God is love. God is love. And you know nothing, nothing is more pleasurable and satisfying and enjoying than when you know you're loved by somebody. And when you feel love for somebody. It's amazing how it'll just capture you and bring life to your very soul. So how do we know, man, that God is a source of enjoyment and pleasure? Because this is who he is. And this is the stuff that he really wants to give us. So that's why we say, you know what we value here? The fun, the source, who's God, of bringing us enjoyment and pleasure. We are going to, the fun of enjoying. Now listen to the definition of enjoy. To enjoy means to receive pleasure or satisfaction from. If you enjoy something, it means you're receiving pleasure and satisfaction from something. So here's God. You guys see, you know, check this out. You see this? God, by very definition, is fun. Let's all say it again. Ready? God is fun. And then what are we supposed to do? Enjoy it. Which means receiving the pleasure and the satisfaction. Now, here's what's so cool, you guys, is years ago, and if you've been a Christian at all, you've probably heard this statement, but years ago, scholars got together, and they decided, you know, we've got to figure out, what in the world is the purpose of man? If we were going we to say, this is what it means to be human, and this is the purpose of man, the question was asked, what is the chief end of man? And when all these theologians got together, and they boiled it down into one statement, it's called the Westminster Shorter Catechism. <laughs> Don't you love that? I love how people were so, let's see this one little phrase. Let's call it the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Here it is. What's the chief end of man? It's to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Why are you and I here? To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. To receive pleasure And satisfaction from God is why we're here. Now, come on, just for a second. When you think about your relationship with God, how many of you automatically go to that place? Oh my gosh, I'm here so God can love me. I'm here so that I can open up my heart and receive in fullness all the pleasure and all the satisfaction that God says he wants to give me. He actually wants me to enjoy this life. So you guys, so, so how does this happen? How can we actually enjoy him? 
You know the other, I, I was looking up the word enjoy, the other, and, and another place it said throughout the history is kind of the word evolved. It literally too was the word that just meant to rejoice. Just rejoice. And so, I mean, I, if you can just think about yourself and your life, would you be, if the people who know you well, would they just say, this is a dude who just rejoices. Man, she just enjoys life. And see, for me, I, I do, there's a big part of that. In fact, at one point, my, my, my big, I've never had a nickname. I don't know if any of you, I've, I've always wanted a nickname. I did, and then I lied. I did have a nickname. My pastor back home, he called, when his kids were little, they used to call me Dave Fun Nelson. That was my name, Dave Fun Nelson. Now, as I think about that, I'm like, you know why? Because there is, there was a part of me that just said, wherever I go, I just want to bring that. And I want to tell you, man, it's harder now for me. Life's more intense. Life's weightier. There's more responsibility than I've ever had before in my life. And I'm not so sure that one of the greatest things I can do personally to glorify God is that when people run into me, they say, that dude loves life. He enjoys life. He's full of joy and he rejoices. And I think that's what God wants us to be. So the question I'm asking then, well, then how do I do this? If my job as a human being is to enjoy, is to receive pleasure and satisfaction from God so that I just exude, so that I bring him glory all over to the rest of the world, how do we do it? So here we go. I think it happens like this. I think we've got to know him. Ultimately, it comes down to, I got to know him. You know why? Because everything that's good is what God is. See, in his very nature, he is love. He is joy. He is peace. He is everything that's right. And so the more that we get to know him, the more that we, it actually becomes a part of our life. So he's the one who gives it. Not only is he those things, he's the one who gives those things, and he's the one who designed life, and he knows how life is to be enjoyed. So we got to figure out, so my whole point, this is what's so crazy to me. See, because so often, I think when we think, man, I, I need to get to know Christ, and I need to get to know God, and we talk about that, and we think, and we have all these reasons that we need to. And I just want to, could I just present to you today that one of the reasons you need to get to know God is because when you really do, and when I really do, we're going to start to receive pleasure and enjoyment and satisfaction that's going to set us free. And your life's going to be better, And so is it for everybody else who's around you. So, in Psalm 16, chapter 16, verse 11, it says this about God. It says, You have made known to me the path of life, and you fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You guys, the reason we meet here together every week, the reason we have life together groups in people's homes all week long, the reason we tell you, man, guys, get in here and and learn this thing is because he's made known to us the path of life. It's there for us. You can know the path that the designer created, that when you walk down that path, you have life. And when you're in that path, you have the joy of his presence, and eternal pleasures are at his right hand, and he hands them to you. One of the classic verses, that if you hang around church very long, you're going to hear it. Psalm 37, 4 says this, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he's going to give you the desires of your heart. 
See, this is what's wild, and every one of us has these. If you're human, it's, what, it's one of the, I, I never, I, I hadn't thought about this, but I would beg to say that it's almost one of the definitions of what it means to be human, is we long for stuff. We have, wow, we desire things. That must have been really true. The light of the Lord just shone upon me. Um, so, so we, we, but we desire things, and you long for things. So we have cravings inside of us. And what he's saying is, delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. This word delight, it literally means to lavish. So what's he saying? Lavish yourself on God. Delight in him. Get to know him. Jesus put another, we said, so seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and the right path, the path to life. And then what? And then everything else will be added to you. Delight yourself in the Lord. Lavish in Him. Love Him with everything you've got. And then what happens? He gives you the desire of your heart. And, 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 and uh, Christian and I, because he's up there at North, we were talking about this, you guys. I actually think that what that means is when you start to engage with God and get to know Him and delight yourself in Him and seek after Him and love Him with all your heart, His desires become your desires. That is one of the most fantastic experiences about giving your life to Christ. Is all of a sudden you start to long after the things he longs for. And here's what you can know about God, is what he longs for is good. I think he actually begins to give you desires. See, I think people like this verse where they're like, oh my gosh, hey, I, I can get anything I want. All I got to do is delight in God. So then, you see, and the thing that's wrong with that is then it's all about you. It's like, man, what do I want? I want a new car. I'm going to go to church, you know, and I'm going to start to tithe. And, and maybe I'll get this. Maybe I'll get this new job if I... See, we, so we, say, we start off by saying, I want this, so I'll kind of like play with God and see if I can find the right button to push. See, the verse is totally flipped. What the verse says is, go after God with all your heart. Delight in Him. Love Him lavishly. Be engaged with Him. And the next thing you know, you're going to start to want the path of life. You're going to start to want the things that are actually good for your soul. One of the greatest gifts from God is He changes your heart. And that is how you start to experience. The way that you start to have God totally satisfy you and bring enjoyment to your heart is you just lavishly get engaged with Him. And next thing you know, you want the very things that are good for your soul. So cool. Another verse, you know, I just threw out a couple here. Psalm 90, 14 says this, Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. See, what God wants from me and I know what he wants for you, is he wants us to be glad. I mean, isn't that cool? That God actually wants you to be glad all your days. So the psalmist says, well, how can I be glad all my days? Satisfy me, right? Remember, what's enjoyment? The receiving of pleasure and satisfaction. And the psalmist says, satisfy me with your love. Oh, you guys, this is the one I'm still working on. And I love it. In, in, in Ephesians chapter 3, it just, Paul says, I pray that you together with all the saints may grasp that you might get a hold of how long 
and wide and long and high and deep. That wasn't right, but it's those four things. How wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. See, so it's not all up here, like I'll figure out how God loves me. No, I want you to know the love that surpasses knowledge. See, now what he's talking about, that's where it actually is getting in and you're experiencing it and you know it. It's just like whenever you've had another human being, like for me with Suze, to actually be loved by her. That isn't something I studied. Isn't something I read about in a book. It's something I receive from her. And when I receive it from her, I know it's true. And you know what Paul says? Oh, I pray that you would have the power. I love this. We actually have to have power from him to grasp and to get a hold of the love of God because it's so long and wide and high and deep. It's beyond us. And then you know what he says? Once we get that, you guys, the reason he prays that we would get his love is because then you will be filled to all the measure of all the fullness of God. So, how do we receive this from him, you guys? I'm telling you, it, 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 you've got to give yourself every opportunity. That's why receiving is our first value here. Because we've got to figure out how to get this love and enjoyment and peace and satisfaction inside of us. That's why you're here this morning. That's why we are here, to worship him, to lay ourselves before him and say, God, I'm here right now to receive from you. Because you love me, and I think one of the greatest ways I can worship you is to let you love me. It's why there's LTGs. That's why I can't, seriously, my Life Together group, uh, continue the conversation tonight with my group. I just, I love getting together with those guys. And we can't wait to be together. And part of it for me is because there's another chance for God to show up and just to, to show us the truth and to show us how much he loves us. It's why I say you got to just get up in the morning and hang out with him. Every time you get up in the morning and you read his word, it's alive and active and you give a chance for God to tell you how much he loves you and to lead you into life. So it's ours and we value it. And we're going to have fun because we think it expresses it really well. But at the same time, you guys, we're going beyond just the fun of this life and laughter. We're getting right to the heart and soul. Now, I do need to say one more thing before I close uh, on this, and that is this. Um, You have to be really careful when you start thinking about pleasures, like uh, seriously. And I think we all know ours. I shared a little bit last week about my dark side, and we all have them. And seriously, my dark side, it moves right into this whole idea of pleasure. Anybody else like pleasure? Okay, okay, just I wondered if you were human. Um... Now, we all get it in different ways. But for me, you've got to be really careful because here's God and he gives us these five senses and all this stuff is really good, right? But what happens to human beings is we start going after kind of the gift instead of the giver. And the next thing you know, you can actually love pleasure and you don't love God anymore. And see, that's when everything gets skewed. There's a few verses here. Proverbs 21, 17 says, He who loves pleasure will become poor. He who loves pleasure will become poor. Now, obviously, every person who loves pleasure, there's some people who love pleasure, and they're really darn rich, actually. But um, I think what he's talking about here is people who love pleasure will become poor because what can happen is you will start to really slip up in, 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 uh, I don't know, just you start making bad decisions sometimes. If pleasure becomes your God, if it's what you love, 
You'll start wasting your time, which is what I was doing. You'll start losing your edge. And I can tell you this, that you'll, you can, you'll definitely will start losing your relationships. So you got to be really careful because pleasure can actually st- rob you. You think it's going to satisfy you, and it can rob you. Titus 3.3 says this, At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. I mean, I tell you, pleasure is powerful. And it's amazing to me, it's amazing to me how our hearts will obey what feels good. Don't they? In fact, really, that's the mantra today. Hey, if it feels good, do it. And even more, I, it's, I've, I've talked with God. The, 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 really, the philosophy of life for so many people today is, is if it feels good, it's actually right for you. Right? I mean, would you guys say that? I mean, isn't that how we, I mean, people will say that. If it feels good, well, then that's what's right for you. In one of my favorite songs, Cheryl Crow, she says, If it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. If it makes you happy, then why are you so sad? (laughs) And so we have to be careful because I'm amazed at when I slip in and start pursuing the pleasure, it will grab you. And next thing you know, you become a slave to it. And some of you right now, you are, you're a slave to new things because it makes you feel good. And your money is totally out of control. Some people, what makes you feel good is when people kind of just, when they like you, this is mine, when they accept you, you know, and they pat you on the back, and the next thing you know, you become a slave to that, and you will totally not do what you know is right just so you can keep the peace with everybody and make sure everybody's in, in, you know, that you're in good terms with everybody. See, that you got to be careful of what brings you pleasure. Sex is a huge one. I think the more intense the gift from God the more intensely we screw it up. And I'm telling you, 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 and people are addicted to pornography. They're addicted to to, to promiscuous relationships. They're addicted. They, They over and over again. You can't control yourself. So you have to be really careful to not be a lover of the pleasure that God gives us. The feelings that come with substances, sports, Is the same thing. You can't love these things. So basically, you guys, pleasure is from God, but pleasure can't be our God, okay? Pleasure is from God, but pleasure can't be our God. 2 Timothy 3, 4 says, there will be terrible times in the last days. And this is how he describes it. People will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure instead of lovers of God. So you guys, so in the midst of this, and here's what's great. So how do you catch yourself? What you do is you just got to look, and this is why you got to know what God says. This is what's good and what's right. He has made known to us the path of life. And as soon as you get outside of that path, you can be guaranteed that it's going to slowly, eventually erode and waste away and begin to destroy. And the only way you stay on the path of life is you say, I'm going to pursue the one who wants to bring me enjoyment, real enjoyment, and real pleasure that lasts forever. Not momentary stuff, the pleasures that last forever. And here's the last thing I'm going to say, and then we'll close. The thing I love about this too, you guys, is that when you live this way, um, I think this is one of the ways that we're the light of the world. I think this is one of the ways we're the light of the world. It's one of the reasons why Jesus movies always bug me. Because he, it looked like the dude just was like so not into life at all. You know, he's just kind of floated around with this glazed look on. 
And thousands of people, we say this here a lot, thousands of people would follow him. I'm telling you, Jesus was full of joy and full of life like no other human being we've ever seen on this planet. And I think one of the greatest ways that you and I can help other people know that God is good and that he's love and that he's the right thing to pursue is to enjoy him and to receive your satisfaction and receive your pleasure and receive your enjoyment from him. Because then we'll go out and then we'll be the light of the world. I think we really will. And Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You're a city on a hill and it can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp. They don't put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You're the light of the world. And I tell you what, I don't think the guy who's walking around like this for Jesus is doing a very good job being the light of the world. Our good deeds, the path of life, lead to joy and they lead to his pleasures and the world will see it in you and they'll be drawn to Jesus. And that's why we value fun here. That's why we value enjoying here. We think it actually honors God. All right? So you guys ready to have fun here? All right. We're going to do it. Let's pray real quick and then we'll close. Lord, thank you so much for being a God who's just so good. Thanks for loving us. Thank you, Lord, that every human being on this planet gets a chance to experience these senses of, that bring pleasure to us. Thank you for the gift of laughter and imagination. Thank you that we get to experience productivity and purpose and that bring us deep, deep satisfaction as a person. Most of all, we thank you for love, the love that you give us, the freedom that we have in you. And we thank you so much, Lord, that you're never-ending and transforming us and making us new. God, I really believe at my heart and soul that you are the one. You are the one that we need to look to, fix our eyes on, lavish in, delight in. And then you'll give us the desires of our heart. And we'll desire good and right things. And our life will be everything you created it to be. So Lord, I just pray you'd help everybody, even just today, open our eyes to the goodness around us, help us to enjoy the people you've got in our life, and help us to enjoy each other and you along the way. We pray for it in Jesus' name.